You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Corporate Quitter Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Ionello, and today I have the guest on, Kristen Burke. She's incredible. She's a fireball. Her mission is to help others maximize their potential and achieve their definitions of success. As a goal achievement coach, Kristen collaborates with women entrepreneurs and leaders to accomplish breakout performances. Her clients excel with goal clarity, growing their confidence and consistently pursuing progress in the direction of their goals. And I have spoken to a ton of people and everyone has issues with this. So I know you are like the person to go to and and what you're doing is extremely necessary for this upcoming generation too. Gabby, thank you so much for the warm welcome and for giving me the opportunity to share my passion and my insights and expertise around goal setting with your audience. Of course. Yeah. I honestly, I'm so glad that I reached out to you because after our first talk and even me posting things on social, everyone's like, oh, oh my God, I need to talk to this woman. She knows everything that like I need to know. Like she has so much great knowledge. So I beyond, even for myself personally, I'm really excited to get more in depth about like your secret sauce and like how people can basically achieve their goals quicker, faster, and more strategic. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) So for the listeners, can you kind of give a background? I know you were in corporate for a while and then out doing your own thing, but what's your story? How did you go from that to now basically running the show yourself? That is a phenomenal question. And I'll say, Gabby, it's not like I woke up one day and said, ah, I think I'm going to be an entrepreneur and a goal achievement coach. It, 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 It happened, right? It was a journey. So As you mentioned, I was in corporate. I spent nearly 15 years with a financial services firm. So again, I didn't go to college for finance. I have a background in communication. I have a master's in communication. And I started my journey in corporate through an internship program. And the internship opportunity led me to a great company where I fell in love with the values and the work that they do. And I thought, wow, I didn't know finance could actually be so cool if that's such a thing and grew my career. And my career took me from St. Louis, Missouri, where I started to out in Los Angeles, where I am today. It was my husband's company that moved us to LA and I was able to change roles within the firm. And I was super passionate, Gabby. I was so passionate about moving up and advancing my career and excelling in the firm. And I started coaching new financial advisors in 2009. Was this like when you were at your job, like you were helping financial advisors at the job? Wow. Oh my God. Yes. So I was coaching in a corporate role for over a decade before I launched my own coaching practice, which was great that I brought this coaching experience with me. But through that experience, Gabby, I started to realize that I really really loved coaching people. And I became extremely passionate about helping others maximize their potential and achieve what they thought to be success. And I started to get these desires or this calling on my heart to start my own business. But truthfully, I didn't have the courage or the confidence to do it. There was a notebook I found when I was moving last year. And the notebook was from 2011, where I had started to outline what my coaching practice could be. And it took almost a decade for me to do it. I had to really work on growing myself, growing my courage, learning to lean into my intuition. And sometimes Gabby, we have these desires and we don't take action and the universe does it for us. And I got to a point in my corporate career where I wanted the next level promotion and I didn't get it. 
And that was the opportunity I needed to pause and say, what do I want? Do I want to keep working to grow or do I really want to lean into this intuition, this calling on my heart, which is what I ultimately did. I made the most courageous leap of my career, left a company that I grew up with professionally, was earning six figures and started my own coaching practice. And that's where we are today. Wow. It's so cool to hear, you know, in your case, you had all the success of being in corporate, the things that people really want to get to. And even with the not the getting the promotion, you could have stayed and continued trying to get the next level or merging departments or whatever it is. And yet you decided to take the not so easy route of like pursuing your dreams, basically trying something new, putting yourself out there. Absolutely. And I'm a big believer that all of a sudden there becomes a point in time where the pain of staying the same is less than making the change. And that was the realization for me is that I started to recognize autonomy, control of my time, and the ability to execute as creatively as I wanted to was more important than the consistent paycheck that can start to come with a stable corporate job. Not everyone values the same things. And that's where I think it's really important people take a look at what's most important for you. Is it time? Is it impact? Is it money? Is it creativity? Like stability? What are the factors that are most important to you? And and that really weighed into my decision. Yeah. Obviously for a lot of people, it's right money. Like I got to pay my bills. I have kids' mouths to feed, you know, mortgage, all this stuff. But let's go into that a little bit. Were you nervous when you decided to make the transition? Like even for people listening, like how do you decipher what the pain point is and when it's time to go? Because right, we can sit in the pain of being an X job or doing X thing or feeling X obligation, but we're also comfortable with saying like, oh, this sucks, but I'm just going to sit in what sucks and like deal with it. Is there a difference between that too? For me, the realization happened. Of course, I was super disappointed when I didn't get that next level promotion. And I was really frustrated. I was really upset. But as I got quiet and I practiced yoga and I wrote in my journal and I just got super clear around what was important to me, I realized I have a choice. I have a choice and I can stay and I can keep working and I can keep growing my career or I can make the choice to make the leap and go out on my own. And when I started to make that decision, I still needed to coach myself through it because it's not like I woke up one day and said, that's it. I really had to weigh, what is this going to take? What will this look like? What is the worst case scenario? If I go out on my own, what is the best case scenario? And then as I looked at those two options, Gabby, I thought, okay, well, worst case is I fail totally. I make no money. I don't contribute anything to our household. We all of a sudden pack up from LA. We move to St. Louis. We move back in with our parents. And I thought, oh, if that's the worst case and all that happens, and then I go out and get another job, you know, it's not that bad. It really wasn't that scary as I went through all those options. And then I looked at the best case and the best case was, wow, I get to honor my own ambition. I get to maximize my own potential. I get to make a huge impact, this huge impact that I thought was only possible in my corporate role. And I get to do it on my own. And that looks really cool. The bigger risk was not going after all the potential, what if good scenarios that could happen. Were you surprised, you know, be at an outcome where you are now running the show and like, you know, I don't want to say they're awesome. They're never like, you know, rainbows and daisies, but are you surprised with how great things have come and, and that it was fun and you enjoy it? And like, you speak to all these amazing people, like, has it been surprising? Or you're like, yeah, I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when. Oh, 
that's a question I haven't really thought about. And, and you're catching me at a moment where I'm feeling like everything is falling apart and the world is on fire <laughs> and it's not going the way that I hope. And I'm the goal achievement coach and I'm behind on my own goals. And so you're, you're catching me in one of those seasons of challenge. And what I like to tell my clients is that a lot of times success has a way of testing us. And it'll test just how bad you want it. And so to sit back in this moment and reflect on, was I surprised? Yes, I was surprised that I have been able to build the business that I've built in the last 18 months, but I have also worked ridiculously hard to be at the point that I'm at. So when I first launched my business, I did what I think maybe some of us do when we leave our corporate role. We're like, freedom. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> R&R period for sure. Oh my goodness. I was doing a yoga classes at one o'clock in the afternoon and mm-hmm. I was sleeping in and I was leaving early and no surprise, I did not have the momentum that I have today. And That was one of the biggest changes for me that came out of 2020 is horrible for so many reasons that we we won't even have time to go into today, but it was an opportunity for me. All of those distractions went away and I was able to make a choice. I could either focus on growing my business or not focus on growing my business. And that's what I did. And so the surprising point came when I was really able to turn it all around and build a ton of momentum and make things happen despite it being such a challenging year for so many people. Yeah. And I bet now going forward, I can't guarantee we'll ever have a year like last year, but I'm sure it'll probably maybe knock on wood, maybe not be so crazy in the future that you're going to come out 10 times more ahead because you were able to basically prevail in such a shitty time, if we're being honest. But so can we get into like confidence a bit? That is somewhat embedded in the coaching that you do and all of that. But obviously it takes a huge amount of confidence and transferable skills from your past job to be able to be in a place like this of running the show yourself. Absolutely. And when I think about confidence, so first of all, I'll define it for you. And then I'll talk about how build our confidence. So Gabby, my definition of confidence, and of course I use a lens of achieving your goals, given the work that I do. So confidence is when who you think you are aligns with action in the direction of your goals. And here are some of the ways that I think we can grow our confidence. Number one is we need to stop looking externally for confidence. And this was a big learning I had going from corporate to being a business owner. And so when I was in corporate, I was spending a lot of time looking for the next promotion or the next title or the the pat on the back, the great job, the recognition to build my confidence. And do you know what happened as a result of that? I kept waiting and waiting, and waiting, and waiting. And so in 2018, I actually hired my first coach. And I hired my first coach with the desired outcome of growing my confidence. That was the main reason I hired a coach, grow my confidence. And through that experience, I learned that confidence is really within. Confidence is trusting yourself. It's believing you can. It's all of the internal messages, the way you talk to yourself, the way you think about yourself. It's being okay with taking a risk and failing and learning from it. That all starts to create our confidence. And so one of the things I've learned, especially as women, is we wait until we feel confident before we take action. 
And the challenge with that, Gabby, is we actually build our confidence through action. So if we keep waiting, we're never going to build our confidence. We're going to be stuck here, not feeling confident. And so looking internally and then growing confidence through action, I think are two very important ways to build your confidence. I love that you framed that. And I couldn't agree more with how you described basically us women, like not really jumping for it, but yeah, the only reason you're really going to basically grow confidence and be successful is if you take action. So I love how you described all that and, and really framed it really nicely with confidence obviously gets to like achieving your goals. So like, how do you even set goals? Because I know there's like, write them down on a piece of paper, people journal, have them on whiteboards, whatever else. But like, then people talk about smart goals. Like how do you become disciplined and committed in achieving those goals? And do you have the way that you are able to have your clients set goals that like actually they can attain and get and make sense? I love this question. And there is so much information out there on goal setting. And here's the biggest piece of advice I want to share with your audience when it comes to setting goals. A goal needs to be meaningful to you. So the goals that I set to grow my business are probably going to look very different than the goals you set to grow your business. But what do we do as women specifically? We often compare and we look at what everyone else is doing as our benchmark for what we should be doing. So a key part of setting goals is learning to silence that outside noise, leaning into your own intuition, honoring your own ambition and setting goals that you want to achieve and that are meaningful to you. And you might be wondering, okay, that sounds great, Kristen, but how in the world do I do that? And I recommend, and one of the exercises I work on a lot with my clients is writing a long-term vision. And I suggest 10 years. I like round numbers. 10 years sounds like a good time frame. It's far enough into the future where you have a lot of time to grow, but it's not so far that you're thinking about retirement or that stage of your career. So I recommend a 10-year vision, but what can become challenging with that is a lot of times people will say, I can't see that far ahead into the future. And my question to that is, why not? And it's usually fear or perfection that keeps people from being in and allowing themselves to dream big and create that long-term vision. And if you have a clear long-term vision where you want to go, it could change. I believe it will probably change as you grow personally and professionally. But what that clear long-term vision does is it will serve as a roadmap to help you grow and excel and achieve. And then it helps you get crystal clear on a very specific, meaningful goal to work on today to move you closer to that long-term vision. And that's where I think people can get hung up and challenged with goals is if they, A, spend too much time comparing themselves and they set goals that they feel like they should set or they others are setting and achieving. And then B, if they set goals without an idea of what that goal is going to allow them to accomplish long-term. I completely agree with It's funny, actually, you were talking about the, oh, set the 10-year goals. And immediately I was like, oh, no, I don't want to. No, don't do it. But you know, it's funny though, because I think the first thing that comes into mind, it gets fear. Like I don't want to commit to right. Even if it's just a goal, it doesn't mean I'm actually doing it, but it's something that I'm putting out there. I am afraid that A, I will change my mind or B, I won't get to that point. So I don't even want to put it there. But when it comes to goal setting, especially that far in the future, what happens if it changes? Do you just like rip that page out and start over? Or is it just like, what do you do with that? 
So my very first long-term vision, I wrote as a part of a leadership development program I was in in my corporate role. And my very first long-term vision was to be a managing partner at my former firm. Now, you and I both know because we're here on this podcast, that's not the vision I'm working towards anymore. So I am a prime example. This is where my belief that our visions are a draft that can and should evolve stems from because it's true for me. So I realized what that vision did though, Gabby, is it inspired me to take different risks in my job. It encouraged me to raise my hand. I built different relationships. I did these things that I would not have done if I didn't have that vision. And yes, that vision is no longer where it is I'm going, but it was a great roadmap to get me here. And then as I launched my business, I rewrote my vision. And what I recommend people do is they write that initial 10-year long-term vision and then reread it every quarter when you do your quarterly business plan review and ask yourself, does this still resonate with me? And what I found fascinating when I rewrote my vision and I wrote a new one in 2020 at the end of the year, it was big and it felt, oh my goodness, how am I going to accomplish this and make it happen? And I read it last week during my quarterly review. And what was so cool is I thought, oh, I moved a little closer to that. And oh yeah, I can start to see that clear. And all of a sudden now, because I'm working towards it, it's not as big as not as scary, which means at some point this year, I'm probably going to need to write it and make it even bigger and scarier. So I keep growing and I keep risking. So I'll sum this all up by saying, if you think of your vision as a draft and you expect it to evolve and change as you grow and evolve and change, that helped me build a lot of courage to vision. And that has led me a lot to where I am today. I love that you said that because it gives me permission as well as the listeners to, again, like pivot. It seems like a really scary thing, especially when you got like this diploma from X college with X degree and you have this, I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to have this job, do all this stuff. And then everything changes. You're giving them permission to say, no, 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 that's okay. And that's normal. And it's all going to be fine. And I think it's important to recognize too, why are you wanting to pivot? And are you wanting to pivot because it got hard? Or are you wanting to pivot because it no longer connects to the long-term vision? If you're constantly wanting to pivot because it's hard or you're off track, that then I think we got to lean into and we got to explore because if we don't fix what's causing all of those uh, moments of being off track or desire to pivot, we're going to be in the circle of constantly wanting to pivot. But if we're pivoting because it's no longer in the direction of our long-term vision, that makes a lot more sense. Can you kind of go in, you know, more depth about like that recurring cycle of like pivot, 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 like, oh my God, I need to change. I know that kind of ties into intuition for people who don't know how to like lean into that, or they've never touched upon like learning about what their intuition is saying and like how to get there. What are some strategies that you use with your clients to help them get out of the rabbit hole, if you will, to get to a place of like, okay, we're going to take action or we're going to sit where we are, or this is what we're going to do. So This goes back to that quarterly reflect and plan session that I mentioned. So I think that this is really important for business owners. I think this is important for anyone that has big goals and they want to figure out and learn more about themselves. So I'll channel some of my learnings from yoga here is that we have 
all of the answers within. So I really, truly believe we have all the answers within. And part of the challenge of learning to listen to those answers or lean into our intuition is we live in this world where we're so busy. We're on the go. There's technology. There's all these distractions. And so we oftentimes don't take the time to pause, reflect, and plan. And that's what I love about a very strategic quarterly reflection and planning session. So I walk my clients through intentional questions so they learn more about themselves, their goal-setting behaviors, their goal-setting tendencies, their achievement behaviors. It's incredible. If you stop and think about the things you've accomplished in this life that you're super proud of, you can start to see patterns of similarities on why you've accomplished them. For example, I have run eight marathons. I am now more, let's be honest, I prefer yoga in the Peloton today, but there was a time where I was a really, really intense runner. And I started to really uncover what was it about running that helped me achieve that goal. And it's twofold. Number one, I had a plan. I had a roadmap. So I knew I could go online. I could download a training schedule. I put it up in my refrigerator and I knew each day what I needed to do, how many miles to run, and I could track it. So a plan and tracking, helpful. But the other thing that I learned as I reflected upon what helped me accomplish those races, I would talk about them. And I would talk about them not to be braggadocious, or I'd post on Facebook, woo, I just did my 18-mile training run, not to be boastful, but that was my way of creating accountability for myself because I knew if people... In my mind, I thought everyone was watching. At the end of the day, we're all just paying attention to ourselves. But in my mind, I was like, oh, if I told Gabby that I'm going for this training run, I better get out of bed and go for the training run. So having a plan and then going public with it are really, really important to me when it comes to creating a goal. So I've replicated that. When I wanted to start a podcast, I hired a podcast producer to help me create the plan because I didn't know what I was doing. And then I started talking about it. I started telling my clients I was doing it. I started telling my friends I was doing it. And I'll follow through if I've got a plan and I go public. Yeah, I can agree with that because if I didn't start taking to social media and start blasting all of what I'm doing on there, no one's going to know if I don't do the thing except for me. So like, I don't care if I don't do it. But if like people who are looking at me as inspiration or they're looking for guidance or anything like that, or they're just watching me and then they see me drop flat, like they're probably going to be like, are you okay? (laughs) Like what's going on? What happened? I thought you were doing this thing, which almost to me is like more fire under my ass than if I was doing it by myself. Absolutely. And now you know that to be true about you. So when you go to do your next goal or your next big project, how are you going to leverage that strategy to help you achieve success in that next big project or goal? That's a great goal setting strategy. But can you also get into, because I know you mentioned Friday ritual with me, which I'm super curious about because I'm always looking for new goals and like this one piqued my interest. Can you get into that? And also stemming off of this, can you get into, like, I know that you want to gracefully get into your week. So Monday is generally like a slowish day, Tuesday, Wednesday, you like jam pack it in and then Friday, like ease into the weekend. Can you get into both those things? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about the Friday ritual. So I'll give you history on how I came up with the Friday ritual, and then I'll detail exactly what it is and why I believe in it so much. Okay. So I'm going to go back to my very first week in business. I left my corporate career. It was December. I celebrated the holidays with my family. I celebrated New Year's with my family. And it's like my first week in my business last year. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And I remember a day where a meeting canceled 
Someone I thought was going to say yes to become a client said no. I got no showed. Someone didn't answer. And then even a dear friend of mine, I had a connection call with her on the calendar. She had to cancel because she got called into a meeting at work. And I remember sitting at my kitchen island. We were living in downtown LA at the time. I remember sitting there in front of my laptop and all of these feelings of negativity start to come over me. And I, I could just feel the what ifs and what did you do? And you're going to fail. And how dare you did this? Like start to start to bubble up. I thought, okay, you know what? This is, this not good. Not good. Let me go outside and go for a run. So I worked out and I decided when I came back into the office that I was going to send an email to set up a referral meeting. Because if anyone is in any kind of a client-based business, getting new referrals is an energizing way to change things around really quickly in your business. So I set up that referral meeting and that created my idea around having a bounce back plan where as business owners, we know it's going to get tough. We know there's going to be adversity. We know it's going to be difficult. So we need to know what's our plan. When we feel that wave of negativity, what are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. For me, it's work out, take action in the opposite direction of the story I'm telling myself. And then that same week, I grab my journal on Friday and I think, you know, let me write down the wins for the week. Let me just write down what went well. And then I thought, I'm going to write down the lessons. Like, what did I learn? I learned about the, the bounce back plan and I learned some other things. And then I thought, let me look ahead to next week. What do I have going on and what are my priorities? And that was how the Friday ritual was established. And I felt good doing that. So I did it again the next week and the next week. And now this has become a thing in my business that is so powerful every Friday. And if for some reason I'm not in the office on a Friday, I'll do it on Thursday or the day before. I look at my calendar and I think, what were the wins of the week? Because by Friday, you often have forgotten all the great things that happened on a Monday or Tuesday. And that intentional focus on writing down my wins and celebrating my wins is one, so often in our goal journey process, we wait until we've achieved the goal to celebrate. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of action that has to happen before we achieve the big goal. So it's really important to celebrate along the way. It keeps momentum, but it ultimately builds your confidence. So going back to confidence. Then the second step is note the lessons you learned. Because listen, how many mistakes have we both made? How many things have we thought, oh, tons. It's like constant when you're growing a business, you're learning, you're doing things for the first time, you mess up. Well, I wanted a way to document those lessons, but also I wanted a way to celebrate them and make them more normal so I wasn't afraid of them. So mm -hmm. writing down the lessons learned is a great way to grow courage. And then finally, the uh, priority piece is if we don't intentionally look at where we're at towards our goal and what needs to happen and what we're going to work on next week, time will fly by. Time flies by and, and we get very far behind. So intentionally identifying your priorities was extremely helpful. And that's really how the Friday ritual was born. And that helped me ease into my weekend. And because I recognize that if I don't have a way to capture all the chatter that's going on in my mind and know what I've got coming up next week, I will spend my whole weekend thinking about work. Yep. And I want to be able to disconnect, right? I want to be able to enjoy time with my family. I want to be able to golf with my husband on Fridays. So it's Friday ritual helps me start my weekend. And then I realized when I was working corporate, we would always start our days super early. There were even days where I had 7am coaching calls. So oh I'm my like God. in the <laughs> office at 7am. 
And I just didn't like it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I, like, it was just not for me. And there was a big day, like Monday was always a big day where we kicked off with these big sales meetings and early morning and I'm in the office getting these reports together. And I started working that way in my business. And I realized I don't have to do that. So now I prefer to ease into my Monday, have a great workout, do some reading, do some journaling, and then start my day mid-morning. And it's worked really, really well for me. I love that you were able to do that. And honestly, I'm probably going to start implementing that because it is such, like you said, it's so important to harness the strength that is the little wins throughout the week versus like mulling over the bad things all throughout the weekend, which is not a great way to start your next week. But I love how you touched upon the practices you decided to ditch when you were going to your own thing, right? Because I had the same thing when I started in my, in my business. Now I was like, got to grind 24 seven, right? Like 40 hour work week, like power hour, like do all the things because I've been conditioned for five, six, seven years in corporate to work like that. In your experience, what are some of the practices you kept coming out of corporate and which ones, like the waking up at 7 a.m. and and doing the coaching call thing, like which of them have you ditched? Yeah, that's a great question. And I will say, Gabby, that it is a journey and I am still working on figuring out what serves me well, how I want to run my business and move forward. So some of the things that I learned that have been absolutely fundamental and helped me get to where I am today. Number one, the power of having a strategic plan. So that was one of the things that in my corporate role, I had the uh, pleasure of being a part of many different leadership meetings. And I really learned how to create a strategy to grow a business and track your growth and lean into reports and the importance of the financial statements. And so the strategy piece was absolutely important that I held on to. Another piece that I really do appreciate is I might Friday ritual into my weekend, ease into my week, but make no mistake, I go hard on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And so there are days where I am often booked from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. And then I'm on my laptop later at night working on content and my social strategy and podcast editing. So it's not like I'm working four hours a week and building the business that I'm building. I'm putting my time in. I'm just distributing it in a different way. And I think that's a really important message because I think that there's a lot out there right now where there's a lot of quick fixes and people are looking for the formula and I don't know of a formula other than putting in the right amount of work and effort and then learning how to be efficient and effective. And that's something that I do appreciate is that I came into business ownership with a lot, a lot of hard work and the ability to grit it out. But that's also a weakness of mine, right? Some of our strengths went <laughs> over your weakness. <laughs> because sometimes I don't know when to give it up. And I'm yeah. like, well, I can grit it out. And if I said I'm going to do it and I'm going to keep doing it. And that's that balance I'm in today of kind of saying, okay, I have all these ideas for my business. I have all these things I want to do. Instead of trying to do them all at once, what's the one that gives me the most energy lean into that, learn from that, and then layer the others on. I'm not fantastic at that part of it yet. I love how you brought up all those great components because I think for a lot of people, when you leave corporate, you're like, I don't want anything to do with this. Like what drives you to leave is the exhaustion, the 
not achieving X goals financially, spiritually, like whatever it is. So the fact that you were able to find key pieces that work and key pieces that really don't, that are specific to you, I think is really important. Exactly. And it's going to be different for everyone, right? That's what makes it difficult. Maybe there is a one size fits all piece of advice around this, but I think it ultimately goes back to that reflecting and planning. What's getting you results, what's not getting you results, what gives you energy, what drains your energy. And being able to ask yourself those questions can help you get to this point where you figure out, this is a schedule for me. These are the clients I want to serve. These are the products and services I want to offer because otherwise it's easy to fall into comparison and think you got to do a bunch of things. Yeah, I can completely. So easy to fall into comparison. Just social media. I like go to add something on there and all of a sudden stuff pops up. I'm like, well, I guess I'm like screwing up because I'm not doing that. But got to push that away real, real quick. We have to talk about this here quickly because this has been one of the most powerful lessons I've learned with comparison. And I'm not perfect. I still fall victim to comparison. But we have to remember to not compare our beginning with someone else's middle or someone else's end because we don't know all the pieces of the story, right? Your journey is so different than my journey. The business you're building is so different than the business I'm building. But yet we can look at our pages and be like, oh, guess I'm off track because I haven't done this. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Was that thing even a part of your plan? Is that even a part of your vision? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like that's, I don't want to say it's the biggest con, but like, right, you have these people online trying to sell these courses and all these things. And it's like, well, again, like you said before, it's not a one size fits all. So something that works for me is not going to work for you. You don't need to launch a podcast. You don't need to have a course. You don't need to have all these different things unless it's specific to your business model and applies to your target audience. That is it. That is really it. And that's the difficult part of it all is figuring out what resonates with your audience, what applies to your audience and what gives you energy. Because in my experience, if you're energized and you're passionate about it and consistent, that's a lot of times where the results can come. But if you're constantly sporadically trying all these different things, we don't really have a way of knowing if it works or if it resonates with your audience. Yeah. I heard a really great quote. Someone was talking about like, what's the key components between all these people who are successful, whether it be Oprah, all these variety of people. And what the number one thing was, was consistency. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the best marketer or the best salesperson. You just, if you're consistent, 10 out of 10, you will make it. It's consistency is key more than anything. And that is really, really difficult. It is. It is so difficult. I've like failed so many times in prior businesses or like, I thought something that I did prior was going to be the thing. And it ended up not because I couldn't stay consistent because I wasn't passionate, but now I'm consistent because the passion's there and your experience with working with clients or even for yourself, how do you even get to a place where you can be consistent? Is that like a being really determined and committed or is that like aligning yourself with the correct thing? Cause it could be probably a little bit of both. Well, I definitely think you're going somewhere with that. And I would say, yes, it's a little bit of both. So I think consistency starts with defining what consistency actually means to you. So there's an all or nothing mentality that starts to come into play. I either worked out seven days a week or I didn't work out at all. I either produced a podcast every week or I'm not a podcast producer. It's (laughs) Which which takes a lot of work. You know, you might not know as you're listening in, but there's a lot that goes into to a oh, podcast. Yeah. yeah. So consistency for me begins with defining what does it mean to you? Is it once a week? Is it three times a week? Is it once a month? Like define your terms and parameters with consistency. 
And then what I think is you have to have the connection to how being consistent is going to help you hit your goal and how hitting your goal is going to help you achieve your long-term vision. So it's a lot of times I have found I am inconsistent if I am missing that clarity of how whatever it is I'm supposed to be consistent on is going to help me achieve my goal. But when I'm super clear around growing my business and I know if I reach out to 10 potential coaching clients a week, and that's going to help me achieve my goals, I'm a heck of a lot more consistent. But also I think it's important, and there's so much great work on habits. And this past year, I read the book Atomic Habits, and I read the book You're like the fourth person to freaking tell me to read that book. So I definitely need to buy it and read it at this point. Well, it's so often, right? We think about, oh, I got to just build a habit, build a habit. And if I do something for 30 days, I've built a habit. And as I read these great books, I'm learning, whoa, habits are built through consistency. So you might do something for 30 days. But again, if we're not showing up repeatedly and doing it and doing it, then that, that impacts our results. And then I'm not able to quote the source of this. But I once heard that you can achieve great success if you're around 80%, if you execute 80% of the time. And this comes up too in the concept of the 12-week year, which is another great book to think about your business in a different way. And I want to say the author says it's 80%, but again, it's also moving away from that. It has to be 100%. Like We can be consistent if we're doing something about 80% of the time. So define your terms. What does consistency mean to you? Get clear on how consistency is going to help you achieve your goals. And then recognize you're really striving for winning is about 80% of the time versus 100% of the time. I love, love that you said that. Even for myself, I feel like if I don't execute 100% of the time, like, oh, you're done. You, You messed up. Like, good luck. You're not consistent. And it's almost like you're giving permission to say like, it's okay. This is just, it's not a mistake. It's a life learning lesson. Like what practices can you put into place to make it hundred percent next time? If it's not a hundred percent, like, you know, evaluate what you're doing. And is it even something you enjoy? You know, whatever the question is. This happened to me in the month of June. So I went into June and I've been on a journey to meditate. I got a lot of energy. So I'm thinking, okay, this meditation practice, it's going to help me calm <laughs> down and be more present in the now. And, and it's awesome. So I thought, okay, you know what? June, I'm going to meditate every day, every day. And I've got my planner and I'm I'm making stars on a day I meditate. I'm tracking. And we had family come visit in June. And it was the first time we've seen family in a year and a half. And one morning I woke up and I thought, oh, I didn't meditate yesterday. And I almost went to that beat up mode. I almost went to that space of, oh, Kristen, you suck. And you're Mr. Goal and you're so off track. And then I realized, wait a minute. I've meditated more days this month already than I have in past months. I missed yesterday. Do it today and do it the next day. And, you know, today is is June 30th and I missed three days this month, but never impressive. Have I ever meditated for 27 days before in a row? That's it's really impressive. It is hard to consistently do something like that, especially when like it's not like you're making money from it. It's well, I mean, I guess in a sense, right, from quieting the mind, but it's not a direct result, right? You're doing it for like inner peace, silence. If you get any messages from your intuition by doing that, but like, yeah, that's awesome. That's really you should be really proud about that. And that goes back to our example. Had I given up because I missed one day. I wouldn't have made the progress that I did, but I missed a day. I'm human. 
None of us are perfect. And so I went back after it the next day. And now I can say, okay, wow, I really learned a lot in this journey. And I'm kind of starting to like it now. Sometimes I'll meditate before bed and there's these wonderful sleep relaxations. And it's been an incredible journey, but consistency is about not giving up if you miss one day. It's about getting back after it. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to use the 80% rule now. So this has been really awesome. I can tell just myself included and the listeners are going to get so much from this. But as one final send-off, I'd like to ask all my guests, if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? Trust yourself sooner. Oh, yeah. Trust yourself sooner. I, I think back, Gabby, about the calling on the heart, the ideas, the little voice inside the head. Oh, you should be a coach. You should do it. And I always had a reason to say no, 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 and silence that voice. And I believe that everything happened for me the way that it was meant to, and it was the right time. But if I would have learned to trust myself sooner, I think that would have been really, really powerful for my own happiness and my own success and uh, the business that I'm building. Couldn't agree more. I probably the same exact thing too. I'm so thrilled with how this went. You have so much energy. You have so many great, great things to bring to the table. For anyone who's listening, you can look at corporatequitter.com. All of Kristen's information will be on there. And um, you can go ahead and follow her on Instagram. Reach out to her if you're looking for a new coach. She's awesome, clearly. So thank you again for being on. This was a pleasure to have you. 